0: You're up early. Good for you. And welcome to the Pre-W. Smith Show on 760 WJR. All right. Time to get up. For those of you who will be starting your work day soon, uh, some of us, as Cameron Knox brings us in occasionally, just going to bed, coming off a night shift, whatever it may be. We're glad you're joining us for our party here in the morning on the Pre-W. Smith Show. All right, look, uh, we've talked about the impact that the pandemic has had on the labor markets and the way we work, where we work, how we work, all of those kinds of things. Well, it also maybe less obviously, but for those of us who are parents, those of us concerned about education of our children also impacted how we educate our kids. And much like how the pandemic impacted how we work, the pandemic also impacted how we educate our kids. And it really opened the door to other ways of doing things. I mean, That's one thing I got to say about the pandemic. It broke down legacy ways of doing things. It broke down paradigms. It broke down our routine and forced us to think of creative ways to do whatever it is that we had been doing, but do them perhaps in a better way. And that happened to education as well. So parents during the pandemic, there was homeschooling. They were forced to find solutions for making sure their kids got a good education during the pandemic, even though they couldn't go into the classroom And beyond the actual educating itself, the learning, of course, there's a socialization and all the other things that goes with making sure your child gets a good education. Well, we recently caught up with Carrie McDonald. She's a senior education fellow at um, the Foundation for Economic Education. And she really broke the subject down for us and brought to our awareness Other ways that now have uh, lasted beyond the pandemic into the post-pandemic period and and certainly are here to stay beyond in the ways that parents are thinking about and approaching the education of their children. Carrie's got the story for us. Carrie.
1: Yeah. So last week at the Harvard Kennedy School, there was an emerging school models conference that brought together both kind of thought leaders and academics who are interested in innovative learning models in addition to education entrepreneurs who have been creating these new microschool models and learning pods and other kinds of alternative and non-traditional education solutions. And so I think of some of the people who were there are, uh, were Kelly Smith, who's the founder of Prenda Learning, which was one of the early scalable networks of microschools that was created in 2018 in Arizona. And Kelly was a software programmer who sold his company and then decided to shift his efforts to education because he couldn't find an education solution that worked well for his son. So he ended up creating one of the first microschool networks, Prenda, which is, uh, was a group of kind of multi-age students in a private home with a paid teacher. Often these teachers are sort of parent guides that want to kind of work through a curriculum and facilitate learning. And Prenda was at the right place at the right time because once 2020 came and all the education disruption from the response to COVID, that whole model of these pandemic pods and small co-learning communities and microschools really took off. And so now, for example, just to kind of give you some context, Prenda is now in six states with over 300 microschools reaching over 3,000 students. And so that's just the kind of hybrid model or micro school model that we're seeing more and more of.
0: What is driving the need for change? And what are the changes that people think we need to address with the most focus?
1: Well, with the education disruption of the past couple of years, there is also a lot of opportunity, right? Parents have been re-empowered to take the reins of their children's education in ways that were unimaginable before 2020. Parents might have been dissatisfied in some ways with their children's education or thought that there could be something different and better. But they lacked that catalyst to really start looking at other options or making a change. And the widespread school closures and ongoing remote learning and Zoom school really provided that catalyst, that kind of external force that nudged parents to look into something different. So we saw record rates of homeschooling in 2020 that have continued to be high. We're still far above pre-pandemic levels in, in terms of homeschooling, even though schools are, of course, back to normal and open for full-time in-person learning. We see a lot of these parent-driven pandemic pods and little micro schools that emerged in 2020 now turning into full-fledged, low-cost, private options for families. So there's just a lot of, I think, appetite now for change and innovation and finding a more tailored educational model than the one-size-fits-all district school model.
0: Sure. And in some cases, this is obviously primarily focused on what's good for the children, but also... In certain cases, it also can be good for the parents in that, you know, now with hybrid work models, parents can weave into their schedules a little more easily the obligations they have to ensure their child's education, whatever that may be, whether it's driving to school, whether it's participating in school activities, whatever they may be. That's also a part of this equation, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So with the education disruption of the past couple of years, there's also been workplace disruption. And a lot of workers, employees realize that they could continue to be productive, potentially even more productive by having that flexibility of working from home, at least for part of the week. These hybrid work schedules, I don't think are, are going to go anywhere anytime soon. And there's research to back that up. Just because it's what employees want and employers are increasingly recognizing the advantage of that, both for attracting and retaining employees but also in terms of productivity is that people aren't spending as much time in long commutes or you know not kind of getting right down to their workload uh, you know as easily and quickly as possible when they're able to do that from home and so i think as workers recognize the value of freedom and flexibility in their work schedule and not being tied to an office building five days a week from nine to five they want to grant that same freedom and flexibility to their children in terms of schooling and education and Recent survey out by Ed Choice confirmed this. They polled Americans across the country and found that the majority of parents of school parents that were surveyed don't want their kids in a school building five days a week. In fact, they want them learning from home part of the time and they want them learning at school part of the time, this hybrid model. And even more interesting is that they found that of the majority of parents who wanted that hybrid school schedule for their kids. Most of them wanted their kids home two or three days a week instead of one day or four or more days.
0: There's even discussion around, we've heard of the four-day work week. How about the four-day school week?
1: Yes, and a lot of school districts across the country are beginning to embrace the four-day school week. A recent Wall Street Journal article revealed this increasing trend, again, something that was already happening pre-2020 and that has accelerated since then, again, as a way to attract and retain teachers especially in areas where there may be some teacher shortages now, but also because, again, parents and communities want this.
0: Yes, and I think what this illustrates more than anything else is how with parents wanting this, communities wanting this, it's just another example of how people are taking things into their own hands and not necessarily abiding by and living within the same old, same old rules and legacy ways of doing things just because. Now they're starting to want to make change that works for them better, works for their kids better, and we're seeing all kinds of creative solutions. I think one of the things the pandemic did was made us take a look at a lot of things in our lifestyles that really could be done alternatively, could be done better. And this is just another example, I think, uh, emerging on the heels of the pandemic.
1: I think that it's no longer the default option for parents to send their kids to an assigned district school that they've woken up to the fact that that assigned district school may not be the right or the best fit for their child. And now they feel empowered to look at other options. There's also an increasing number of states that have passed school choice legislation that enable education funding to follow students instead of going to school systems that makes looking for different education options more accessible to more families. And I think overall, parents are saying, look, we have so much personalization and choice in every other area of our lives. Why don't we have that in education? And they're increasingly demanding more of that choice.
0: Absolutely. Carrie McDonald, Senior Education Fellow at the Foundation for Economic Education, And you're the host of the weekly Liberated podcast as well. You're also the author of Unschooled, Raising Curious, Well-Educated Children Outside the Conventional Classroom. You're obviously well-equipped to bring this subject matter to us, and uh, we really appreciate it, Carrie. Thanks for being on. Thanks, Jeff. All right, back with more in a minute right here on the pre W. Smith Show.